Good day, good day, great day, everybody. This is Pastor Clayton Hicks coming to you again with the Sunday Recap. Thank you, before I get started, for just spending some time with me um, and supporting the Recap. You can check me out on Anchor, which is a free app for anyone else looking to start their own podcast. Um, also on Google Play, also on iTunes, on um most media outlets so please give a listen share this with your friends and family again sunday recap is a way to break down um the preaching moment and a way to soft listen through it um some folks don't like the histrionics of the preaching moment or some of the way we go into a third year and we raise our voices Um, so this is a way that you could hear you can listen, you can call in, you can even um, leave comments and questions. Um, but we're coming from this week, we're coming from Psalm 142, and the title of the sermon on yesterday was The Struggle is Real. Again, coming from Psalm 142. The title of the sermon is The Struggle is Real. I'll read the psalm. Extremely short, um, extremely powerful. I'm reading from a New Living Translation. It goes as follows. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. Again, that's Psalm 142 from the New Living Translation. Um, And our title yesterday was The Struggle is Real. I started off the sermon um, quoting some songs. Um, One song is, I Must Tell Jesus in the verse goes, oh, how the world to evil allures me, or how my heart is tempted to sin. I must tell Jesus he will enable over the world the victory to win. Another one was um, a soldier of the cross, and the verse goes, sure, I must fight if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord, I'll bear the toil, endure the pain supported by thy word. Um, And then I brought some songs from the culture. A man with a dream with plans to make cream, which failed. I went to jail at the age of 15. Young buck selling drugs and such who never had much. Tried to get a clutch at what I could not. The court played me short. Now I face incarceration. Pacing, going up states, my destination. Handcuffed in back of a bus, 40 of us. Life as a shorty shouldn't be so rough. Um, That's from the song Cream from the Wu-Tang Clan. And I did one more. Uh, Broken glass everywhere. People pissing on the stairs. You know they just don't care. I can't take the smell, can't take the noise, got no money to move out. I guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with a baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far because a man with a tow truck repossessed my car. That's the message from the Furious Five. I'm all those songs, whether I'm dealing with my walk with God or I'm just dealing with day-to-day struggles. Speak to the struggle of life being real. Um, You don't get away from that struggle because you're in church. Um, you don't get away from that struggle because you're out of church or you're out of relationship with God or out of out of touch. Struggle is part of the human 
path of the human walk that we all take. Um, then we made a little bit light of it in a preaching moment. You have enough hot dogs, not enough buns, it's a struggle. You want to lose pound, but you like pound cake, it's a struggle. Um, you're in the middle of using the bathroom and you realize all the toilet tissue is gone, it's a struggle. Your alarm goes off on your day off and you can't go back to sleep. Um, and that was a nice light moment um, in an otherwise heavy text. But um, this, the focus of the text deals with David in what's called the Cave of Adullam. Uh, and he's in a place of sincere struggle in which he pins this psalm. I mean, this psalm kind of helps us deal with when we struggle in life, um, when we're faced with hardships in life, when we're faced with ups and downs. And it's not a good day. And you're struggling, and in struggling in particular with where God has placed you, struggling in particular with the part of your journey where you're operating in purpose. David is not in a place where he is in an abject season of disobedience. He's doing the will of God. He's following his purpose. He's operating his gift. He's living his best life, as little Duval would say. And yet, life is hitting him in the mouth. Um, so the first part of the sermon, um, as we do our Sunday recap, is the struggle is real and it's okay to complain. Again, for my note takers who are listening, the struggle is real and it's okay to complain. So as I mentioned earlier, the text takes place in a cave and the Psalm 142 lines up with 1 Samuel chapters 21 and 22. Now the cave of Adullam, A-D-U-L-L-A-M, is where David resides in the text, but the struggle starts way before then. In 1 Samuel, the struggle starts after he kills Goliath. So after he kills, after David slays Goliath, that begins to cause jealousy with Saul, who's the current king. Saul was stripped of his anointing of being a leader. Saul is jealous of David, but then Saul gives his daughter to be married to David. David has to do this feat in battle to win her hand. But you can imagine now you have this this political tension between a king and the king that would be. Now you bring in the family dynamic and all this again, David is not outside of the will of God, not outside of his purpose, but understand this this hot pot of emotion, the struggle is real. Saul begins to hate David, but he still has David in his army. He tries to kill David while he's playing the harp. Um, David through the urging of his wife, again, Saul's daughter-in-law tells him to flee. Um, David's best friend is Jonathan. Jonathan is Saul's son. Jonathan is David's brother-in-law. Again, a lot of tension, a lot of drama. Um, they're good friends. They love each other like brothers. Um, but Jonathan does not want David to get killed by his father. So Jonathan ends up helping David to get away. David is now on the run with his band of men. He runs into a priest named Ahimelech who gives him holy bread to eat. He gives him Goliath's sword to use, which is ironic because that was the man who he slayed to begin this whole journey. He leaves there, ends up in Gath. Why is Gath important? Gath is the homeland of Goliath who he killed. And then he has to go in front of King Achish, who's the king of Gath. And King Achish's people say, hey, isn't this David, the one who killed our, our Goliath? And David has to act as if he's crazy to keep from being killed. So this whole 
process leads him to this cave. He's in a large cave with 400 of his men. Before he gets in the cave, he has to make sure that his family and his parents are okay because he had to get them out of where they were. And in the cave, um, due to what we're reading in the song, he's contemplating how he got here. He's contemplating like we all do our call on our lives. He's contemplating this question, where did I make a wrong turn that I'm in this struggle? And that's why the psalm starts out. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him all my troubles. I mean, here's the great part about this text. So the first point again is because when the struggle is real, it's okay to complain. David is struggling. He calls out to God. David is struggling. He's crying out to God. He believes his enemies have set traps for him, which they have. His spirit grows faint in him. No one gives a damn about him, so he believes. No one's there to help him. He's struggling. He's struggling with the fact that God has anointed him, but the anointing is coming with a cost. In fact, internally struggling with the fact that he was fine tending the sheep before he had to get thrust into the spotlight of dealing with Saul and his issues, dealing with Saul and his disobedience, and dealing with looking after 400 men. He can't talk to his wife. He can't talk to his best friend. He has to go back to the hood where he knocked out their number one killer. And now he's in the cave and he's struggling. And this kind of speaks to the humanity in all of us because we've all we've been in a place where we've struggled. Sometimes we're like David, where we were doing what we're supposed to do and life hits us and we're struggling. Sometimes we're like Peter, we're following Christ and you don't turn into a cave, but you run back to what's familiar. You don't stay on the path of your purpose. You run away from your calling and run back to what's comfortable. Um, some of us are like Esther. You know there's a call on your life, but you hide your gifting in the socio-political place of a palace. Hiding behind um, sometimes what can help set other people free. Um, or you're like Sarah, where you laugh when you hear what God's about to do because you've messed up in the past and you can't believe God is going to use you again. Or like Saul, you believe you're on the right path. Um, but you're in a place of arrogance. And you have to get knocked off your horse and your name needs to be changed before you move on to what God has for you. But the great part or the shout, as we were saying in the preaching moment, is that we all have someone we can tell our troubles to. And sometimes we've been pre-programmed not to relinquish or report what we've been going through to God. Because it believes, because we believe it shows that we're ungrateful to what God has done. But the Bible declares in Psalm 55, 22, cast your cares or tell the Lord about your problems and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, cast all your anxiety, all your worries, all your struggles on him because he cares for you. So David is saying, I can't talk to my folks. I can't talk to my men. I can't talk to my wife. I can't talk to my best friend. And if I don't talk to someone while I'm in the cave, I may lose it. But since the struggle is real, I need a real God to talk to. Since the struggle is real, I need a real savior to pray to. Since the struggle is real, I need to focus my mind and be okay with telling God that I'm not okay. And a side note is perhaps that's why deliverance hasn't shown up yet or breaking of day hasn't shown up yet for many of us because we haven't been transparent with God. We haven't been transparent with ourselves. And we tell everyone around us that we're all right when we're not. And then God will answer. And really your body won't respond to an insincere articulation of your situation. But maybe if we got real with God, then our cries in the cave will be heard. An old songwriter put it this way. Where do I go when, there no, when there's no one else to turn to? 
Who do I talk to when nobody wants to listen? Who do I lean on when there's no foundation stable? I go to the rock. I go to God. I know he's able. I go to the rock. So again, the first part of our text is when I'm struggling, it's okay to complain. It's okay to go to God. It's okay to open up yourself and say, God, I'm upset with where you have me. I know I'm following your will. And I'm supposed to say it is though with my soul and I'll get to that place. But before I get to that place, God, I have some problems with where I am. Because that honest articulation frees us up. I mean, really strengthens our relationship with the Lord. The Lord is not put off by your complaining. The Lord is not put off um, by your ends, by your sincere saying, my heart's broken right now. But you need to talk to God. You need to have that conversation with the creator. You need to center yourself. You need to meditate. You need to open your mouth. You need to open your heart and say what's on it before you make a decision out of the struggle. Before you get a chance to complain and even even work through the verbal part of saying what it is that's bothering you. Before you go to the the divorce, you need to talk. Um, Before you walk away from your calling, because it's hard right now, you need to talk to God. Before you walk away from the church membership, before you avenge in the streets the loss of a loved one, before you have a knee-jerk response to the uplifting of your people, you need to talk to the Lord. Ask, tell God, I'm upset with the situation. I'm upset with where we are right now. God, this pisses me off. I feel like no one cares. I feel like no one is there. I feel like no one cares for me. I feel like there's enemies that are setting traps and you are right. But talk, articulate, let it come out. Because post that moment, you don't stay in a complaining place. And that's the next part of our time together um, in our Sunday recap, which is called, there is a place where the struggle turns. There is a place where the struggle turns. And our, our focus for that is verse five. On um, the text says, I, I, then I pray to you, O Lord, and I say you are my place of refuge, my portion in the land of the living. David is saying, I'm in the cave, I'm in the struggle, but there is a turn. I'm still in this place where there is a particular or peculiar and uncomfortable situation, but there is a turn. And I hope I don't lose many of you right now, but some of us are in a cave situation. Um, And like David, we're not alone in the cave. And because of the company we keep in the cave, we don't turn. Or because we forget who we are in God, we don't turn. If if we dig into the text a little bit, I mentioned this earlier. The cave of Adalam was a large cave, but there was 400 400 of David's men in the cave with him. It's very interesting, it's very peculiar that in that situation, David says, I feel all alone. 400 men following him, but he feels all alone. In the cave, there are men there who can encourage, but the depressive state of the struggle and the lack of encouragement from those around him makes him feel like he can't handle Saul pursuing him in this place of struggle. And sometimes we're in a cave, not by ourselves, but with people. But if you had your druthers, you would rather be all by yourself. Because in the struggle, unfortunately, those who are with us, sometimes they have no hope, they have no light. They bring us down. They're like the woman in 1 Kings 17, 12, where she told the prophet, we are ready to eat our last piece of bread and die. In our community, they don't want to strive to make our community better. In the church, they don't want to strive for new people or a new paradigm. They just want to keep the church a club full of just family members. 
in your house, those in the cave with you, they don't want to get up and get out and get something. Sometimes you find that in your relationships, in your circle of friends, they don't want to move when you move just like that. They just want to stay stuck. So folks in the cave don't want you to do anything but complain or even try to get out of the cave. But then sometimes the issue is us. Because if you think about David's life before this happened, David must have had some short-term amnesia or he was so stricken by the struggle that he forgot who God is in him. David was a shepherd who had the strength to kill lions and bears before the cave. David killed Goliath before the cave. David had the sister singing, Saul killed thousands, but David, you, can, you killed ten thousands before the cave. David, you were big and bad enough to marry the king's daughter before the cave. You led these people out of trouble before the cave. David, you have a heart that seeks after God before the cave. And this is a message to everyone who's listening. In you resides the power of God. In you resides the spirit of a king or a queen. In you resides the heartbeat of a champion. In you resides the faith like David to take five smooth stones and deal with the giants in your life and play the harp in front of of some extenuating circumstances, we can't forget who we are before the struggle starts. One, we have to be careful about who's in the cave with us. But then, who were you before the struggle started? What is your history with God? What is your history with, with being brought out? What is, what is your history of liberation? What is your history of overcoming? What is your history of power before this struggle starts? And here's where the turn happens. David decides to stop complaining to God about the trouble and start addressing God's power in comparison to the trouble. David said, God, I have the trouble, but now I'm focused on the fact that you're my refuge. God, I have the trouble but I'm focused on the fact that you are able. God, I have the struggle. And for real, God, I got into this following you. But since you are leading and guiding me, then my responsibility is to call upon what I know about you and to stand on that and not to stay in a state of complaining. God, the enemies are coming for me, but you are my refuge. God, I feel like no one wants to help me. I feel like no one cares, but I know that you are my safe haven and I know that you care. This is the place where we turn. Yes, I said earlier, complain, but you move from a state of complaining, even when the struggle is real and you begin to turn to a state. Say, I know all this is a reality, but I'm also clear on the state of who God is, what God has already done. If I play the role of a Bible nerd for you real quick, um, if any of you are reading this in the King James Version or the NIV Version, New International Version, verse 1 says, I cry out to the Lord. So does verse 5. And I dug a little bit and I said, okay, they're both saying I cry out. But what what's different in the cry? Well, in the Hebrew, the word um, is called za'ak, and it does mean to cry out. But the verb tense is where we see the change. Um, in verse 1, it's an imperfect verb tense. And in verse 5, it's a perfect verb tense. Imperfect means the action is not complete. Perfect means the action has been completing, completed. In verse 1, I'm crying out to God, and my complaint is that the troubles are getting to me. In verse 5, I'm crying out to God, but my cry is one of completion because I remember who God is in comparison to my troubles. And in verse 1, I'm crying because I'm complaining because I don't see my way through. I don't see a way out. And in verse 5, 
I'm calling out, I'm crying out, but wrapped up in that cry is an understanding of who God is and who God is and the ability for him to strengthen me to handle the problem. I saw this in, on Pinterest uh, a couple days ago. Stop complaining. Don't just tell God you have a big problem, but tell your problems you have a big God. That's when the struggle turns. And then finally, as we end our time together, struggle is real. And it's okay to complain. Struggle is real, but there's a place of turning. Finally, the struggle is real. And my struggle will produce what's really on the inside. David ends this time in Psalm 142 and says, listen to my cry. I need you more than anything. That struggle is now producing this, what's on the inside. It's showing, it's showing this this hunger for God. Rescue me for the enemy is too much for me. He's dropping pride and pretenses of a warrior, saying, I can't handle this without you. It's showing what's on the inside. Set me free. Give me the keys to my escape. Why? So I can praise your name. So in other words, what's on the inside of me is wanting to glorify you. That struggle produces what's on the inside. David's struggle produced honest requests for deliverance. David's struggle produced not pride with his own strength, but the need for the divine sovereign Lord to help him defeat his enemies. David's struggle helped him produce a segue to a praise. God, when this is over, praising you will be my top priority. On the inside, our struggle should produce an honest request an honest relationship with God on the inside our struggle should produce a no holds barred call to God on the inside the struggle should produce a desire to glorify God with your life if your struggle is making you bitter and not better then you're going to stay in your cave but if your struggle is producing a call to draw you closer to your purpose draw you closer to God Draw you closer to the mediator called Jesus the Christ. Draw you closer to the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. Then the struggle was worth it. And if I hold this whole text in juxtaposition to the life of Christ, when Jesus struggled in his earthly form, but he came out better. He struggled being misunderstood. Folks trying to use him for miracles and stone him because he was coming against the system of oppression, but he came out better. Jesus struggled in the Garden of Gethsemane. But he went from complaining to turning and saying, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus struggled on the cross. But what was inside came out. And what came out was a savior. What came out was a place for us to be justified and sanctified and glorified. What came out after he was resurrected was a blueprint for living. So again, struggle is real. We're all there. Some of us are there while we're listening to this podcast. And it's okay to go to God with your complaints. Struggle is real and there's a place of turning. Your speech affects your atmosphere. Who you're around affects your atmosphere. What you're now thinking about God and juxtaposition to who you are in God, whose you are in God, how great God is in you and your ability to solve problems with his strength. That helps the turn in your life. And the struggle is real. The struggle is real. It will produce what is really going on on the inside of you. Some of us don't want that to come out. I go through the struggle. It's making a better you. It's making a more, a more whole you. Don't run from that place of turning. Because there are people in the cave with you that need your light to lead them out. 
Thank you for your time. This has been Pastor Clayton Hicks. The Sunday recap. Psalm 142, the struggle is real. Please, ma'am, please, sir, comment, call in. You can do all that um, through the podcast, through Anchor. Um, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any other suggestions. A good friend of mine, let me know that you should bring on, I should bring on people um, to talk on the bo- the podcast, and that's coming really soon. Um, so my friends who are listening, be ready for that phone call um, so we can share on this thing together. And we can actually get some testimonies um, of folks that have been through a struggle, been through a cave experience and how they've come out. I think that'll be a blessing to all those who are listening. Again, thank you for your time on the Sunday recap. I'll talk to you soon. Peace.